Hi everyone, welcome to Tech Talk, a podcast where Amit and I talk about various technology-related topics. This week, we're going to talk about internet browsers. Now, it might seem like a very mundane topic, and we all know about internet browsers, but they're a vast wealth of knowledge, and um, it will give you a very foundational understanding of how internets work. And a lot of us, while using internet browsers, we don't exactly know what other options are out there. A lot of us are just using Chrome, as everyone else is, uh, or Internet Explorer, um, or Edge recently. Uh, but there are vast wealth of um, options out there, and also there is a lot of knowledge to be, to be known uh, to understand the internet properly. And the internet browser is a very good starting point. And not just the starting point, but even if you are a, you know, a, a seasoned internet user, you, I think you should still understand how internet browsers work, uh, because it will give you a very um, foundational understanding on, on all of the things to do with internet. So yeah, very excited to talk about internet browsers. And uh, so yeah, very excited to talk about internet browsers. Uh, let's, let's dive right in. Amit, what's your definition of internet browsers? So browsing has been, uh, I think the word browsing, uh, a verb, has become synonymous with internet, bra internet browsers. So early on when the, the internet was made, I think, we, we talked about it in a couple of uh, previous podcasts as well. So when the internet was uh, invented, um, we were trying to access different files on different machines in a network uh, located far away, maybe in the same country or in a different country, same location, different location, etc. And the internet browser was a way to read uh, some of those files hosted on those machines. Um, if you look at Microsoft Windows as an operating system, there is something called as file sharing or network sharing, where you can share a drive like your C drive or D drive, which people might be familiar. Uh, so whenever they open Windows uh, machine, they go to the C drive where their operating system is installed. Uh, and if they buy a laptop, they'll go to C drive and they can see their operating system. So when they actually go to their uh, machines and see the C drive, they can actually share it with someone else on the same network. It could be a wired network or a wireless network. And when they share those networks, uh, they can actually read those files from a different machine. So that's sharing. Now suppose you want to read HTML files, so that's where the browser comes. You can read HTML file in a notepad, but that will be just text. You'll not see all the images, you'll not see the videos, you'll not see any interactive content. You'll just see text or the code or the source code that um, that people can actually uh, look, uh, right click on the web page and see. Uh, so internet browsing and uh, in order to do the internet browsing, browsers were uh, invented. I think one of the first browsers was Mosaic, and then we had the Netscape Navigator, then um, Internet Explorer burst in the, into the picture, and Microsoft uh, put a lot of effort in making sure that Internet Explorer becomes the dominant um, web browser because they were shipping it for free with uh, Microsoft Windows operating system at that time and uh, Netscape Navigator was trying to reinvent itself but it didn't become that popular and then Mozilla Firefox erupted onto the scene uh, it was open source it was much faster it had lots of new features and it was just simply much better than Internet Explorer 
and uh, after Mozilla Firefox, you had Google Chrome. Google came up with its own um, browser um, and that just completely changed the uh, world. Uh, initially, Firefox was one of the top, Internet Explorer and Firefox, they were the top uh, browsers in the world. And now Google Chrome dominates to about 70 to 80 percent of the browsing market, internet browsing market. There are still, I mean, you have Android smartphones where people have Google Chrome by default. If you buy an Android phone, you'll have Google Chrome. If not, if you buy, say, a Samsung phone, you'll have a Samsung browser. Uh, but people normally choose to install either Google Chrome or Mozilla Firefox or some kind of um, other browsers. Based on Google Chrome as well. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Oh, is it? I, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, I, I thought that uh, Samsung browser is uh, just a different browser. It's, it's just white labeled based on Google Chrome. Engine. Ah, okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Good, good to know that. So yeah, so Google Chrome, and then Microsoft was trying to uh, compete with Firefox, but because Chrome came into the picture, they had to now compete with Chrome. So they were trying to reinvent and reinvent, and they ultimately came up with Internet Explorer 11, and that's where the bug stopped, and they came up with Microsoft Edge. Now, Microsoft Edge is based on Chromium, which is an open source version of Google Chrome. So Chromium is the main base version on which Google Chrome is based and uh, uh, Brave browser is based, Vivaldi is based, uh, Microsoft Edge is based on. So these are a couple of browsers which are based on the Chromium engine. So anyways, so that's the whole gamut of internet browsing experience and that's what browsers are for. Basically to go to a website, but browsers do a lot of other things which I'm excited to talk about in this topic, in this talk. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for the history. It's it's really good way to sort of see what was and what it is right now. And um, a, a lot of you guys have probably also seen various memes that used to go around in, you know, comparing Chrome with Internet Explorer and how slow Internet Explorer is. And I've enjoyed some of those as well. And um, there was not only memes, but there was, I remember there was an actual study where it was found that people who were using, and not right now, because right now majority of people are using Chrome, but there was a point where um, a study was done that people who are using Chrome are said to be more successful in their career and just overall more successful in life. But that now, that might be misleading because that was, you know, as we probably said, touched upon in our previous episodes, there are there is such a thing as causation and correlation in, in statistics. And that was a, um, that was more of a correlation because usually people who are naturally um, uh, the kind of person who takes initiative are also the kind of person who would go out there, do their research and then go and download Chrome. So it's not like just if you use Chrome, you would be, because of using Chrome, you would be more successful. But usually the people who are destined to be successful, who takes more initiative, doesn't just go with the flow, but does their own research, etc. Um, they're the one who would also end up downloading Chrome. So um, uh, that was an interesting research, which I, you know, I, I was quite amused by. And also, um, uh, I'm, I'm sad to say that I was quite late adopter to Chrome because I always um, tried to give the benefit of doubt to the to the store brand or 
whatever comes in the box. And Internet Explorer came with the box and it had some integration with other things. The, some of those were like back in the old days, people, um, some, some, some of you will know about MSN, Messenger, and various other Microsoft products. They integrated well with Internet Explorer. So I took a long time while knowing Chrome is the faster browser, I took a long time to transition from Internet Explorer to Chrome. But once I've like really seen Chrome and I've done some tests in my own computer, it's just, it's just so, it was, at the time, and I think even now, it just is so much faster than you know. It's it's noticeably faster. So, um, yeah, it was it was a very easy decision when when it came to it. So yeah, then I moved on to Chrome, and then uh, the Chrome provides a lot of other benefits that Internet Explorer at the time just didn't because you know you can have your Google account set up and backed up, and you know your favors and everything can be transferred in different devices. So all of these things, and now they're also ex expanding more with Chrome extensions and also, you know, password manager, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, I mean, uh, back in the old days, I used to, you know, I, I, I um, transitioned from Internet Explorer to Chrome quite late because there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of integration from Microsoft products with Internet Explorer. But um, when I did the comparison, it was, you know, difference was like night and day. Chrome was like so much faster and then it kind of came with so many other benefits as well. It was quite an easy decision for me to move to Chrome. And uh, yeah, since then I've, you know, used Chrome and um, I've also explored various other um, ones that are out there, like the ones you mentioned, fi mentioned Firefox and recently um, Brave browser, which was built you know, uh, it, like the main base of it is from Chrome, but um, it enabled uh, a few newer uh, benefits like, um, you know, more privacy. And also if you use it, you get, you gain brave coins. So there were quite a few other, some of these cool new, new technological advantages there. So yeah, I, I would recommend uh, our audience to try Brave Browser as well. It's, uh, it's actually, they made it really easy to um, switch from Chrome to Brave. Uh, it, will, it will import all of your Chrome data into Brave and you'll get all the benefits of Chrome in a newer browser with, with um, you know, some would say it's better looking. And then there is obviously Opera, Edge, and Firefox there already. Um, there are some benefits of in, uh, <clears throat> using different browsers that uh, you know uh, some people might not uh, think about. Like for example, if you had multi, if you have multiple accounts, and you 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 know you use cookies or whatever, you you want to stay signed in in your Gmail or Facebook, etc. And you don't want to. Uh, sign out of Facebook and sign back in with a different um, credentials every time when you want to switch your accounts. Not just Facebook, you might have two Gmail accounts, two Hotmail accounts, etc. For example, I have a personal Hotmail or Microsoft account and I have a professional uh, Microsoft account which is for my uh, job and other, other um, you know, professional communication. So for that, now I use Firefox as a secondary uh, browser. So uh, my personal Microsoft email is always logged in in Chrome, but my professional Microsoft email is 
log always logged in in um, in Firefox. So I don't have to always log in separately or switch and you know do that hassle. And then again, if you do like some other uh, passive income kind of things like Amazon and you opened two different Amazon accounts, you can also do the same with with that. So there are there are benefits of using multiple browsers. Um, you know, one of these that you may not have thought of is that you know the the signing in part the 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 your account credentials are saved in both and uh, you can just easily switch between or simultaneously be logged into two different accounts through two different browsers so that's uh, that's a benefit that you could think of using in future yeah definitely i mean um, i mean uh, normally what i do is if i want to test a url and if it's not working i just try to open it in a different browser because a different browser means the cookies are not stored and uh, you can still open it and check whether it's actually a network issue or cookie issue etc so yeah multiple browsers definitely helps but uh, going back to the uh, fundamentals i think you covered a very important point like uh, internet explorer was default uh, and it was being sold with Windows. So a lot of people actually started using that and Internet Explorer became very huge. It had a very huge market share because of that. And uh, Microsoft then had to fight a lot of antitrust uh, cases. Uh, and Internet Explorer was then, uh, I mean, it is still very popular, but then once Firefox came into the picture, people started flocking towards Firefox. And I think the main advantage of Firefox, because I used Firefox in my college days, was that Firefox allowed tabs. So you could ha open multiple websites in the single window. So normally Internet Explorer didn't allow you to do that initially. After a certain, I think, Internet Explorer 5 or 6, it allowed tabbed browsing where you could open multiple tabs uh, in the same window. So for people who are very young, who have not used uh, Internet Explorers, the old versions, uh, in order to open multiple websites, you had to open multiple windows of Internet Explorer and it used to become a very huge pain of managing those different windows and seeing w what is opened where. And Internet Explorer also didn't have any pop-up blockers. You could not turn on and off anything. You could not add any extensions, etc. So it was just a pain. And sometimes the websites also didn't render correctly on Internet Explorer. So with Firefox in the game, what happened is you could attach extensions. You could modify JavaScript. You could block pop-ups. You could do many things. You could have games. You could have offline apps. You can have many things. And uh, Mozilla Firefox had its own store where you could download the extensions. It came up with the concept of profiles where you could maintain your profile. Um, then you could save your bookmarks. And if you uh, go to a new machine, then you can log into your profile and you'll get all the bookmarks. Um, uh, to your new uh, to your new machine so that was a game changer and then when chrome came chrome was basically much faster than firefox firefox used to be the fastest but chrome was much faster now chrome has a lot of issues because chrome has become very huge it has a lot of features so it uh, takes a lot of memory so sometimes when you have multiple tabs open in chrome it takes up a huge amount of memory and it makes your computer system very slow so chrome is now uh, I mean, not a market leader in terms of browsers. It still has a huge share, but I wouldn't say it's the best browser at the moment. There are better browsers in the market if you want to use. I not personally use Chrome because I have a Google account and it's easy to just maintain it. But uh, it's not uh, that you your Google account will work only on Chrome. It will work on any Chromium-based browser because they all use Google. 
So if you have Google account logged in into your Chrome, you can actually use a Google account to uh, log in into Brave, Vivaldi, Edge, etc. And even Microsoft, uh, sorry, Mozilla Firefox is also experimenting with now in the nightly build with the Chromium engine. Uh, so if it shifts to that, then even Mike, uh, Mozilla Firefox, you would be able to log in using your Chrome. So th that's a good advantage. Now, apart from uh, opening websites, uh, browsers do a lot of other things. So browsers have to fetch the website and render it on your web page. And every browser has a different rendering engine. You might have heard of Gecko, you might have heard of WebKit, and there are many other rendering engines. And each browsers use a different rendering engine. Chromium-based browsers, I think they use WebKit or something. I'm not too sure, but they use a, a Gecko, I think is used by Mozilla. And Safari has its own um, rendering engine. And Safari is the only browser that's coming by, by default with uh, OSX. So any Apple operating system, iPhones, iPads, um, and the iOS, I, um, your uh, iMacs, they all come with Safari in, by default. And Windows, it comes with Edge and Internet Explorer 11 now. That's the highest uh, level, uh, highest version of Internet Explorer that's currently being shipped. Linux will not come with any browser. So depending upon the uh, flavor of Linux that you install, it can have either Firefox or Chromium. It will not have Chrome, it will have Chromium. Or you can just download uh, an open source version of any browser. And so, so, th so these are just the browsers that render the websites and each rendering engine gets a rating like, okay, how there is a test, I think that is an asset test, which tells um, if the website has actually correctly rendered the, uh, uh, if the browser has correctly rendered the website on your browser. And that test is actually a bench, uh, it's a, it sets a benchmark about how good a browser is against the standards. Um, and um, Apart from that, browsers, it saves your bookmarks. So you can do a lot of, uh, have a lot of bookmarks. I have a lot of bookmarks. They're all uh, saved in my profile. So if I move to a new machine, if I log in anywhere, I just get all my bookmarks. And bookmark means uh, saved websites. So websites you visit again and again, and you don't want to type the URL. You just want to click something. So bookmarks are an easy way to um, tell the browser that, okay, this is a URL that you frequently visit, and uh, you want to save it with this name. And uh, if you open the browser again, you can just click on it and it can take you there. Browsers have also become very smart. So they save your password. So you don't have to remember them. So like Renat said, you can uh, have your Facebook or Google account logged in and you don't have to uh, log in again and again. They save those passwords. You can decide not to save them. It's up to you. So browsers give you that option. They save the history as well. Any website that you visit, they save that history. So you don't have to remember which website you visited uh, ages back. If your browser crashes, it can recover from it. It can restore all those web pages. So history is very important. Bookmarks are important. Chrome has its own apps, uh, Chrome store, where you can download extensions similar to what you could do on Mozilla Firefox. And because the browsers like Brave, Vivaldi, they are all Chromium based, they have access to the Google uh, Chrome store. So you can download whatever extensions you download on Google Chrome, you can download it for the other browsers. Safari has a different thing because it's OSX and it's very limited to Apple products. So that's why we don't want to discuss Safari. But yeah, that's again a different browser and it's uh, managed separately. 
apart from that you can manage your theme so you can have a dark mode you can have a light mode you can have different colors you can hide or unhide buttons that you don't want if you want a very clean look you can do that and there are many other things that you can do with a browser you can uh, change the settings you can read files you can actually open files inside a browser you can open an HTML page so suppose you write a code in HTML and you want to see how it renders you can open it in your web browser if you want to access your router your uh, router installed in your uh, home you can access its admin page through your web browser if you want to read a PDF file you can do that if you want to read um, if you want to open a scalable vector graphics or dot SVG file you can open it in your browser so browsers do a lot of things that uh, we are actually not aware of they store our passwords but they also store addresses they also store um, credit card uh, details so they are uh, quite powerful in a way that uh, they manage a lot of things and that's why these browsers are not very light they they have a big installation size but uh, and they can auto update as well so if there is a problem with some uh, things then they can auto update recently what has happened is a lot of uh, websites are now uh, going with HTTPS HTTP secure protocol so that means you will see a lock symbol every time you visit a website uh, in the address bar and you can actually <coughs> see that it's a secure website and that means that um, um, it ha I mean it, the certificates are well established well reputed and they are known to everyone so if a website is unsecure the, uh, the browsers will not allow you to uh, open them and there are extensions that block pop-ups so it will not allow pop-ups so suppose you have uh, add a lot of advertisements etc you can block that you can block cookies so cookies are basically um, uh, files that are stored on your machine or within your browser to help the browser remember what you have done and based on that it can recommend so it basically creates a profile of you every time you visit a web the website and every website has its own cookies and uh, they remember basically what you have done what you have seen what you have logged in and they store that information in those cookies the cookies are stored in your machine so when you visit those websites again it retrieves the information from the cookies and then uh, it uh, displays the content of course GDPR came into picture so there's a lot of uh, controversy related to that because now websites have to show you a pop-up so every time you go to a website they have you have to say accept accept cookies accept uh, saving data etc so it's a huge hassle so yeah there's uh, so many things that the browsers can do today that it's incredible I mean it looks like a very simple topic uh, just to talk about internet browsers but they are doing a lot of things in the back end yeah absolutely and this is this is actually a very good point where I actually want to explore this this idea of what uh, browsers are and you know this this you know this question might think you know might feel like you know, we're going back to the very basic but the way I kind of um, think about it in my head I feel that's actually quite interesting because um, I remember like when I was in school and studying mathematics and you know we in in sixth grade we started learning about algebra and you know all of the complex higher mathematics and stuff and then when i uh, got to 10th grade only then i came to know about set and i thought that set is such a like a easy topic but it also like um introduced me to very various like um um sort of fundamental things about mathematics i mean not all addi additions or multiplications are the same 
you know, if set theory introduced me that, you know, um, you know, numbers and non-numbers can also be in the same set and they could be added and multiplied differently. Now, this is completely different, the, you know, topic from what I'm going to talk about in terms of browser. But what the reason I brought this up is um, a lot of the times we go very advanced in terms of usage or of a topic but sometimes the foundational understanding is so important so critical and sometimes actually more complex that you actually have to wait until you're an expert and then understand what's actually going on on that very basic level and uh, with internet browser i feel like that's that's kind of true in a way because we 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 know how to use internet browser we go to Chrome, we Google stuff, we go to our known websites and we do, you know, we do various complex stuff like we pay online, we shop, do shopping and all of these, these things. But to understand browsers in a way um, that is very foundational. So, um, so that, you know, to do that, you kind of need more of a technical expertise. And I only got that when I started designing websites from the back end. Then I realized what's actually happening in the front end. Because before that, I thought, okay, there is Chrome, there is there are different softwares, and you know, you just go to the same website from whichever browser you're using. But actually, now if you think about it in this way, that there are data that's being hosted so there there are data that's being hosted from a hosting site or you know someone's computer or someone's you know mainframe supercomputer wherever some company are hosting and that data can be represented to you in many different ways and what browser is doing is querying that data from that hosting site getting that data in a format which is which is can be different codes like HTML, JavaScript, and then it's also getting the contents like audio, video, or picture files, and then it knows how through the HTML code and CSS, etc., knows how to represent it to you in in as as a front end you know display device, and then you know once you um, see that not all browsers displays the same websites in in exactly the same way there there are small tweaks and then you realize that different browsers are translating that code differently um, to represent that information so basically what browsers are doing browsers are a desktop application they're not an internet application a browser is something that you download and install as a desktop application Chrome, Brave, Internet Explorer, whichever one you say. And they are, and when you open up a browser, if it if your default um, you know, web page is not Google, <laughs> which most of us ours is, but it, it just opens a blank screen in 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 so if you if you compare it with any other desktop applications, like for example, a photo editor like Photoshop or a video editor. It opens up with an empty slate where you can put your photo to edit or video to edit or whatever. Just like that, a browser opens up a blank white space, which is nothing, unless you obviously decide, you know, automate or decide to tell it beforehand that always go to google.com. It would open a blank slate. And that's nothing. That means that it hasn't loaded anything from the internet yet. So what browser does is a desktop application, which is the job of it, which is to connect using the internet 
through different ports. It used to be 8080, now with HTTPS, it might be using different ports, but there are different ports that, you know, that enables these connections or these data transfers between your computer and the rest of the world. And using that, it can go to different hosting platforms or hosting website, hosting services, and get the data that you queried through this desktop application. So we, we must remember that the browser is a desktop application. And in the browsing window, which is, um, you know, at, at the very top there, file, edit, and, you know, the usual um, context menus, and then there are some shortcut buttons. Those are part of the desktop application. And then the majority of, of the screen that it takes up is a, is a like a window or is a, um, sort of empty slate where this desktop application shows the information that it gets from the internet and displays it to you with the you know according to the code html code that it received from from that um, you know host so that's what it is and once i found out it kind of made, made me understand the internet a little bit more better and i felt you know like a crystallizing clarifying moment where um i felt felt like i understood what's going on a little bit more so i feel like the, I, don't, I don't know if everyone has this uh, you know understanding or idea from 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 get-go but it was uh, for me it was a time when i started designing website then i realized that what am i trying to show and then i realized all of these these new ways of thinking um so hopefully uh, some some of the audience would also have this um, you know new understanding of web browsers and you know be able to treat browsers that way and this really helped me understand what am i seeing on the internet and how to differentiate the uh, from what's happening in my desktop and what's happening in my on the internet and if i download something i'm downloading i'm giving the command in that inside the browser but it's then bringing that data or that file and saving it in my laptop or computer or whatever and this made me understand cybersecurity a lot more as well because i could differentiate between what's happening where before i would you know try to sign out of something and not be sure did i actually sign out but the cookie remained you know kept my data or whatever but then i you know open the browser again and then i'm still signed in or you know the, the, how the data is like sort of segregated between my desktop and the rest of the world it became a lot more clearer with this uh with this understanding i had and i i wanted i you know the audience to understand this as well because this will give you um a better handle on a lot of things like cybersecurity and privacy and just giving you a better understanding of what you are doing on the internet so yeah and um that's that's the reason why you, you could have different browsers like chrome or firefox edge and have different profiles altogether, and they don't know that you know they don't know about each other for example you know if you if you think about privacy facebook knows all the other tabs you have open in that same chrome or whichever browser you have facebook open which is you know you might think that's quite a quite a serious you know violation of your privacy if you didn't know that already but facebook does collect that kind of data you know you, you have facebook open in one tab and then you have i don't know you know you're doing some research on bbc or some you know political research which might be quite sensitive and then facebook knows exactly what your interests are from the other tabs you have open but if you had those tabs open in a different browser facebook wouldn't know 
yeah that's uh, yeah that's uh, uh, one of the tricks that people apply when they have to book flights right if you want to book flights yeah. at uh, the uh, the like sky scanner expedia they know what you're looking for and uh, they'll show some increased prices but you phone new if you open a new browser they'll show completely different prices so a lot of times people they if they try to search for flights they try to use another browser to book the flight because they might just get the time but they they in order to get the cheap uh, prices they will go to uh, another browser and uh, you mentioned a very interesting thing about cyber security i think a lot of uh, websites get hacked and uh, and lot of uh, websites uh, you don't know which are secure which are not secure so that lock symbol is actually quite important so if you go to the top address bar you see the url that should have a lock symbol if it has a lock symbol then it means it's a secure website if it doesn't have that then it means it's an unsecure website and you have to be very careful if you are trying to still visit that website and browsers now have this capability that they'll redirect you to only secure versions of that website and they'll not redirect you to unsecure versions so there is like https only mode in browsers and the security is very important because uh, people get hacked they get scammed etc there are a lot of phishing attacks so you just click a link and it download something on your machine rinath i think you mentioned a very very important point it's a desktop application it's not an internet it's used to read content hosted on the internet but in the end it's a desktop application so if you download anything it gets downloaded onto your machine if you if you are actually seeing the page the page itself is actually getting downloaded on your machine it's the web pages are stored temporarily and it's displayed so in case you don't clear the cache you don't clear the history when you open the browser again and when you load the page it will first look at the cache that's downloaded on your machine then it will look at the cache that's downloaded in the the cache system of the website and then it will ask the main server to actually send the page so there are different levels at which the websites are cached and uh, and uh, stored so it's very important to understand this very simple concept i think i also never thought about like yeah browse you know it but i think you don't think about it loud that yeah it's a desktop application when you open it there is nothing it's not consuming any memory because it has not downloaded any page or images or it's not displaying a youtube video it's just a blank slate and then you can actually open some settings and uh, you can uh, do some things and once you have downloaded the page the good thing is because the file is now visible on your browser if you disconnect from the internet you can still go through that page you can still read the news you can still maybe uh, stream some part of the audio or stream some part of the video uh, and uh, youtube has this very interesting uh, visual indicator where it shows a gray line where it shows that okay whether the video has been downloaded to that quality in your machine and then a red line which indicates where you are in the stream so if the gray line is completely spanned the length of the video then it means if you disconnect the internet you can still go through the entire video without uh, uh, being connected to the internet so that's the browsers are so amazing that they can do all these things and uh, it's it's incredible where they have come from from where we actually started Absolutely, and there, there's another idea. I also want to um, sort of put it out there that yeah, we you know browsers. What they're doing is they're taking the data from a database. You can call the you know hosting place a database because they're hosting data, and then they're displaying it in a visually um, easy to understand way. 
for you, which is because it's made for you to audience to easily understand and do the thing that you came to the website to do. But a lot of the times we're afraid of APIs or, um, you know, as soon as we know about command prompt or on, on, on in, in a Windows desktop or terminal or in, in whichever operating system, we get really scared that, okay, well, I don't know about this or this is like too technical. But if you think about it, APIs are exa doing exactly the same thing. They, you install another desktop application like Postman or, or similar, and then you query the data you want from this other place somewhere in the internet, and it returns you the data that you asked for. It, it, a browser is doing exactly the same thing, so um, you shouldn't, you know, in, you know, to to the audience, you shouldn't really be intimidated with APIs because, you know, by using browser, you're doing the exact same thing. It's just visually more appealing. It's made to be visually appealing, so you know, mass users can easily use it. But uh, you know, in theory, exactly the same thing is happening in API. You're making a query, and on, on you know, in 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 relation to a browser, you're pressing a button. And then it's loading a page in API. You're making a query and it's loading data that you asked for. And even in command prompt, you know, like when Windows 98 first came, it was still based on the um, you know uh, disk operating system or DOS. DOS, MS -DOS. yeah, MS DOS. And what it is is you know you could go to my computer and then C drive and then new folder or whatever, or you could go to command prompt and say you know CD space and then C drive and then go to this directory and this. So you could it's it's just different ways of visualizing. One is text based and one is more visual. Yes. And obviously we are visual animals, so it's so much easier if there is a if if a window looks like a folder and if I double click and then I enter another folder or in the same the same like in web page if I click a button I go to this other page or whatever but ultimately the same thing is happening it's just you're using two different interfaces so yeah I mean I'll just urge the audience that don't be intimidated by the interface because the same exact thing is happening in both cases it's, it's just two different interfaces one is probably a little bit difficult to comprehend but it's not in any other way more complex than 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 you know the visually easier one so yeah. it's, it's, it's it is just it is yeah it is it is uh yeah it's interesting that you mentioned it because uh uh i mean uh, apis are also behind a lot of websites so uh, the, there is a login api there is a payment api and a lot of the websites um, they are basically static pages and in order to make them dynamic they use apis apis are basically application programming interface and we have talked about it in our uh, the earliest talks that we did i think episode uh, two or three so if you want to listen to that podcast please uh, do but apis are quite powerful and uh, i think renath mentioned a very important aspect that you have a desktop application like postpan uh, or some other api tool where you can actually request for data from the database and it, uh, it it sends it back to you but the websites are also doing the same so in order for you to see what kind of requests are going there are intercept tools like burp proxy on which we have another we have done a podcast again so i think we are all converging now to the basic fundamentals so basically what you can do is uh, the request goes from your machine and multiple requests so whenever you open say google um, and a request goes from your machine to google servers uh, but before you type in, once you type in the url the url has to be translated into an ip address 
So that IP address gets translated by the DNS servers. The DNS servers then know the IP address, which is um, which is like numbers. So they they are uh, how to explain it? It's like one dot one dot one dot one. So it's like uh, four different numbers connected by dots, um, and uh, the maximum digits they can be is from zero to two fifty five. Um, and uh, there is a specific reason for that because they are in all binary and um, once that's translated for the URL the text is translated to numbers by the DNS server the request is then go sent to the cache server and then to the main server and there are in between there are load balances etc and that request then comes back with a response and that response comes back with a uh, error code or a success code so normally we see 404 page 404 means content not found okay so that means uh, you cannot find the content and um, it's a it's a server error uh, sorry uh, maybe a server error or request error so you have these different types of errors and and you think how am I how is the browser how does the browser know all these things so in the background you can actually see what kind of requests are going so in Chrome you have something called as developer tools if you press F12 on your keyboard that's function 12 F capital 12 if you press that button on your keyboard you it opens something called as developer tools and there if you click on network if you can't see network just do a quick Google search and maybe I'll, I'll link a video down in the description if you click on network and then you refresh the page that you were trying to visit say you refresh Google you will see so many different URLs so Google when you open Google the request is not just going to Google it's going to all the advertisers it's going to all the other other uh, websites analytics etc that are there on the page it just takes a few milliseconds to load the entire page but in that millisecond there are like hundreds of requests going and you can see each individual request and you can see how much time it has taken what is the payload like what is the size of the file that's being sent and received etc and it's very very fascinating and in that developer tool you can also see what is the response so if the request is sent via this URL they'll show okay this is the request it is being sent to this server and these are the content of the request it is signed by this person it's sent on this date it will have a timestamp then you have the response the response will have a code the code will tell the browser whether you should display an error or you should display the page uh, Rinath mentioned about HTML and CSS so browsers have this rendering engine if you just show HTML it will just show you text CSS gives the format the content the format so if you see text right aligned left aligned or center aligned if you see icons in a particular way that's all CSS HTML can't do that HTML is all left aligned in English language of course <laughs> we have to be very careful so uh, th there are there are so many different ways that the browsers are helping improve your productivity on a day-to-day -day basis and we are oblivious to it we just think of a Chrome browser or any browser just a tool to do our jobs quickly but behind the behind the scenes there's a lot going on absolutely and um, it's it's actually very fun to think about but it's also very important to know about uh, be aware that awareness that we just talked about the what's what's the browser it's a desktop application and it's showing its main content uh you know like like a in photoshop you know you see the main window in here where you edit the photos but then you have all the tools to edit those photos on the side 
and you know around you like you know if you want to you know cut copy or draw on it etc just like that in a browser you have the main window where you see the website that's being loaded and that's the that's the part that's you know not necessarily down to the desktop application for example in photoshop if you load a um, image to edit that image is not related to photoshop a desktop application that's a new image that came from outside the desktop application. same way in a browser the website that you're loading that's not related to the browser itself but then you can use the options provided by the browser to do various things to the page that's just loaded you can download that page you can go back forward and you know various other options that there are yeah 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 absolutely so, so that awareness, I think, is very fun, but also it's really good to be aware of as well. And hopefully our audience are going to go away from this talk with a little bit more understanding and awareness of, of Internet altogether, because that's the main outlet that we all use to connect to the Internet. Yeah, I, I said the API and Internet browsers are similar in some way, but I'm still not going to start using API to, to go to Facebook, even though I can get my, you know, friend statuses in a, in, a, in, a, um, in a JSON format file and look at it on Excel, but I'm not going to do that. I'm still going to be using Chrome and other browsers to, to do it because it's just so much more convenient and visually appealing to the way the internet browsers present us the, the data that Facebook or any other websites provide. So it's, it's good to be aware of it and um, hopefully our audience would. So would I would like to mention something that, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, the browsers are the key to everyday use and it's very important. I think one of the things that we have sh seen recently is that most of the applications are now shifting towards the browser. Uh, if you look at most of the desktop, I mean, if you look at the amount of applications that you have opened on your desktop, the biggest part of your day-to-day -day activities are now inside the browser. Okay, so you use very few uh, desktop applications on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's actually quite powerful because if you can do everything in the browser, then why, why do you need a powerful machine? Yes. Why, why do you need uh, uh, like a thousand dollar laptop? You Absolutely. Can, you Before can, you to... Yeah. So that's what Chromebook is. And if you <laughs> if you want to uh, listen to uh, Chromebook, we have done a podcast on that as well. So please uh, do listen to that podcast. And the whole idea is that in the future, you may not have an operating system like Windows or Linux or Apple. You'll just have a browser and you'll do everything that you need to do from the browser from creating PowerPoint presentations to creating Excel sheets, to editing videos, to creating uh, uh, templates for anything, to writing newsletters, to edit uh, files, to uh, translate things. All you need is one browser and that browser will do, ev and you can do everything from inside that browser. And to run that browser, you don't need a very expensive machine. And, uh, Absolutely, that's that's a very very interesting concept. And again, like you know, for for those of you who are um, you who want to be a little bit more independent, like me, they <laughs> probably still want to uh, be the old school uh, and try to find desktop application. But then again, even me, I mean, I start. I used to have a PDF editor installed before, but now I do all the PDF editing online in free websites in in, in fraction of time. And you know, in in batch mode as well, where you can edit like hundred multiple PDF. files. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So there are a lot of benefits, and I always do the calculation. And you know, a lot of the times it, it wins to to do it 
over a browser rather than having a desktop application, buying the license for it and maintaining it and you know taking up CPUs, etc. Uh, so yeah, both are good, and none of you know they both um, have advantages and disadvantages. But we are more yeah. every day. We are more moving more towards uh, like a internet-based yes. thing. Like even example, even most of the desktop applications now, they <clears throat> in some way they connect to the internet to verify certain <clears throat> things. Like even Microsoft yes. Office, you need to uh, download it from the internet. And then you need to log in to connect to your profile and it will verify the subscription based on that. You can buy a standalone version, but then you will not get any updates. Uh, so it's uh, interesting that even some of the desktop applications, they need an internet connection. I mean, of course, not not all the desktop applications need internet connection and that's why it's good to use. But I think you can listen to music, you can watch videos, you can read the news, you can do calculation, you can do so many things inside of a browser that it is incredible. So browsers are one of the first applications that you now open when you start your machine. And that's where you go and do most of the things. And that's why we thought, okay, this is a very good topic to talk about today. Yeah, and I feel like we didn't even touch upon a few few other things that we could have talked about about browsers. But you know, it's 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 uh, at least gives uh, the audience a, a basic understanding to go away with and be aware of of the desktop application that they're using on a day to day basis. Absolutely, so, uh, and we have talked about search <clears throat> engines. We have talked about cloud computing. We have talked about Chromebooks. We have talked about APIs. We have talked about how to build a website. So we have covered a lot of things related to uh, internet. And I think uh, the audience, if you are really interested in knowing about those subjects, and if you are not uh, heard uh, those podcasts, so please uh, do listen to those podcasts. And it, and I hope you find them very useful. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, do let us know if you have any other topics in mind that you guys would like us to cover. Um, our contact details are, are in our usual places in YouTube and in the podcast uh, hosting site, wherever you're listening from. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for listening and uh, tuning in regularly with us and hope to see you guys again next week. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye.